just a hack. It's just an absolute hack. And he gets his ass kicked by his teammates every week. It's just, you know, it's terrible. It's just terrible. And we're live again here on Hack City for our Week 8 College Football Reaction Show. Joe DeLeon here with Sean Anderson. Uh, Sean, we're both a little bit hungover. Um, I drank way too much yesterday when I was at the Notre Dame game. It was the only way that it could be watchable. Although it sounds like you have been riding a two-day hangover from what you described to me, having been drinking all night on Friday and it's riding into today. Well, here's (laughs) here's how it goes, Joe. Um, I was never that highly recruited uh, for football. You know, I yeah, some places called Eddie D two or D three or mm-hmm. other D one double A's definitely were interested. Uh, but now in my adult age, after college and playing football, I've been finding my true recruitment journey. Like like this is this okay? Every weekend I go out, I'm getting recruited, whether it's to uh, adult basketball teams, football leagues. And then most importantly is bar security and bouncing. <laughs> uh, this week I had two offers. You had two. Uh, you had more than one offer for, I, for security. I had an offer on Friday night, which is the one I guess I think would be more entertaining to discuss. Uh-huh. Uh, Saturday night, uh, the head bouncer, I guess, deemed that I would be his backup uh, in case something went south. So he let me cut the line and do stuff like that. So he he called you in uh, like put you on the bench from the stands is basically what you're what you're what you're telling he would have he would and i i'm like okay and then basically there's a whole bunch of goofballs and halloween costumes at the bar last night waiting in line to get upstairs back to the bar i go downstairs with mm-hmm. this and then i see him he's like go on up i'm like back up i'm like okay well hope nothing happens because i'm not getting involved um, <laughs> i'm not a vigilante none of that uh but friday night yeah debaucherous Typical debauchery. You've gone out to bars with me. You kind of understand how it goes. Uh, Night's winding down. Someone gets the idea to go to one final bar. I think we get there at around 130, 140. And they're like, we're not taking anybody. Nobody else is getting in. We already did the last call. And they're like, you know, it's like me, a two dude or three dudes, and then a couple, some girls. Girls oh, like, so you oh, actually you actually had girls with you though like it wasn't yes 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 okay uh and and then it became okay okay and the bouncer looked at me he said well if he wants to come up for a security application me then i suppose i could let everybody up so so you were off to the bar up i was i was uh go to the bar everyone you know kind of gets a drink i get a beer Bouncers are kind of looking like what's going on because I guess the memo didn't travel that well. Uh, and then I start walking over to go get my paper bouncing application, knowing I'm not going to work there, knowing I'm happily employed. But on the way over there, I was stopped by a couple nice gentlemen uh, who were drinking very nice champagne. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, you know, we just struck up a conversation, I believe. And then uh, about a minute later, I started drinking some of that champagne. Uh, and it was uh, delicious. I'm not sure if you've had uh, Ace of Spades before. It I is have not. Fantastic. Isn't you, that but, like a hundred dollar bottle of champagne or something? It's like, that? like two hundred fifty dollars retail. Jesus if you buy it in a club, it's like two thousand dollars. I got that fifteen hundred dollars in a club. Your massive ass got offered. Was this be? Were you offered this champagne because just because you were large? I think so. Large, personable. Uh, you know, I just and then sat down started talking to him 
and they're like, bring your friends over. So two of my friends would dip. My two roommates uh, left the bar before this even happened. Uh, and then everybody else kind of stayed with me. Uh-huh. And it wasn't just one bottle. They proceeded to bring out eight bottles of Ace of Spades champagne. I have to assume that these are the owners of the club and or bar for pri- everything. So I'm sitting here. Nobody else is in the bar, Joe. Nobody else. It's me, the five people I'm with, and then the f- like three people that su- have access to the bar and club after the place closes down. Just drinking what amount- amounts to be thousands of dollars of bubbly. That's obnoxious. That yes, <laughs> it is obnoxious. But so the. Honestly, I think out of no, the two, my of night us, actually, my night actually started with a bottle of Andre. That's how it started, and it ended with with this with this decadence. Uh, out of the two of us, and we're going to get to the to week eight at college football. Out of the two of us, you have managed to have more success stemming from your former football career than I have in 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 today's modern non football environment. And what I mean by that is that like you have had more interactions where it is just your size being a former offensive lineman seems like it has set up more situations. Like no one's coming up to me and be like, Oh, you look like a, a portly fellow. I'm sure that you were a long snapper. <laughs> like that well, doesn't you, happen. Long snappers aren't really in vogue after this week. Yeah. I want to talk well, about that. But we, we, we'll talk about that at the end if we have time, but it seems like you continually keep having these opportunities presented to you just because you, the, the, the colossal size of being a former offensive lineman. Well, I kind of know how to work it a little bit. I can work it if 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 it looks like a an intimidating crowd or, or or a time where I need to put on my serious bouncer face. I can do that. And if it seems like, hey, all right, time for the time for the big fella and not big smoke to to come hang around, big fella, big goofy grin, all this stuff, just laughing, having a good time. Then we're having a good time. I think you've experienced that. Yes. 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 Uh, so the people uh, that I was with were very very nice and. Uh, it was, it was, I can't even, I'll tell you after the show about this one thing, but two of my friends busted their faces up on the pavement outside. I think trying to do a jump hug, their boyfriend or girlfriend. I look or I look, all right, everyone's in the Uber. I turn back, whole face is bloody, buddy. Wait, wait, whole wait. face is bloody. This was a male friend that did this, right? Yes, yes, yes. The girlfriend dropped her phone. He would try oh. to go down and get it or something like that. It falls right out of his face. So not everyone can keep up with the, uh, with the champagne. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you had a, a wonderful weekend because I, sitting in South Bend, Indiana, did not have a very <laughs> well, What happened? You, you, no, you were, just, aside from getting ratioed. Well, I got, oh my. Well, so first of all, I, I actually would like to talk about that before we talk about the games. So I, all I was trying to do is that like, I, you know, I had a couple drinks, like we were, you know, we were, we're pre-gaming <laughs> and I'm like, this place is great. Like I, every time I come it's here, I'm happy. happy. Yeah. I'm like, every time I come here, I'm happy. I come to South Bend and all I tweeted out was like, there's no better place in South Bend. And like everyone took that so fucking literally and was like, oh, oh, South Bend. I can name a million places better than South Bend. And just like, every, you ever been between the hedges, asshole? You know, I, 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 yeah. every fucking mouth breather on Twitter took a t- like a chance to, to let me know of like another place that was better than South Bend. Well, Obviously, there are better places than South Bend, Indiana. It is merely a statement that I am there tailgating, going to a football game enjoying myself yeah. and i am acknowledging it that was fodder for notre dame fans not fodder for every goddamn hater that's out there on twitter it was infuriating the the idiots but the 
Uh, Sean, no, the, the game was bad. I mean, the, well, Notre Dame is bad. Notre Dame's not a, they've always been bad. They haven't always been bad, but Notre they Dame, lo, Notre Dame right now looks like a, it looks like a G5 team. It looks like I'm watching a G5 team play. Uh, there's no juice. There's no energy. They there's don't a G5 come, team with a monster on the field in Michael Mayer. And other than that, it's like, what are you watching? Right, right. And they, they constantly, the very questionable, you good? You just grimace Brees there. Hall might be down with ACL. Oh, uh, yeah. He yeah, might be down with ACL. Um, but regardless, <laughs> they, what? That's so not like sympathetic. I, no, 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 no. He, he might be down with an ACL injury. Regardless, though, I they're not fun to watch, and I still don't think that Marcus Freeman is the guy. And I I've said that so many times on this channel. Sure. To the point where I think I've been established as probably the biggest Notre Dame hater uh, on YouTube. Uh, I can or, or sorry, not Notre Dame hater, hater, Marcus Freeman hater on YouTube. Sure. Um, but no, I don't. I don't think they're very good, and I don't, I don't want to waste my time talking about them. Sean, let's talk about the games that that were important. Clemson survived against Syracuse this weekend. And I watched a lot of this game and caught the tail end of it. I missed like a little bit of the third quarter because it was right when I was going into the game. Syracuse had like a handle on this game. Sean Tucker was playing really, really well. He had a bunch of really nice plays. I don't think he was pleased with his performance. Um, But they had a strong handle on it, especially because DJ Uyunglele was playing terribly. He was playing down to the level that we have seen him play at various parts of this season and in his career. And we got bad DJU during this game that spurred Dabo to put in Cade Klubnik, the true freshman quarterback. And that move simply that move alone brought Clemson back into the game and they won the game. They climbed back into it. The thing for me, Sean, in this game that is just really hard to wrap my head around is that afterwards, Dabo has this quote where he's saying that if, you know, Steph goes two for 25, you know, it's just not his night, something along those lines. And he stated after the game that DJ Uli Unglele is still his starting quarterback. So, like, I don't understand how you've watched the guy struggle all year long and the games that they've had issues have been because of him. And then here we are in this game. They're almost they almost lost because of him. You bring in the true freshman, they get back into the game, and he's still going with him. Like, what is this just like an overcalculation or just bad coaching decision by by Dabo? Um, it's weird. This is a weird game because Syracuse, you blank Syracuse in the second half. They're up 21 to 10 at halftime. And then you have a big fourth quarter, 17 points there. Will Shipley had a day. Uh, and that is undeniable. 27, 172, two touchdowns. He's a freaking I get, monster. I guess he should be more on my radar. I keep on hearing Will Shipley. I swear I've never once seen Will Shipley on the field or never acknowledged that that was him. I guess I'm going to have to start doing so. If you have a running back doing that, uh, then who cares what the quarterbacks are doing? They're both uh, uh, going to be um, clipboard holders eventually. So DJ Uyangale will win them some games down the stretch, but if they lose a game, unfortunately, that is his fate. It will be because of him, because he's not Trevor Lawrence. He's not. He's not 2015 Jameis Winston. He's he's DJ. So it's different, and I know Clemson has set up massive, massive expectations uh, to, to go forward and keep on winning the ACC and keep on going to the playoff and maybe win a national championship here or there, but 
It does not seem like it's their time, even though, again, gritty win, and this is going to look really good on their on their resume. A gritty win against Syracuse, who still better than everyone expected them to be, still played better than I thought they were going to play in this game. I thought they were going to be a non-factor, and they are definitely not. They just needed to play a more complete ball game, and they would have beat Clemson. Yeah, I remember on the show you were saying that that Clemson was going to blow them out, so we're not going to we're not going to forget that. But n- nonetheless, though, Sean, I you're 100 right. This game, this win, of I am. is a <laughs> this win is a nice little you know little tag that they can throw on their resume, like a nice little thing that they can say, "Hey, we have another ranked win." The ranked wins this year are going to be NC State and Syracuse. They're it's not an impressive schedule. And I am going to keep saying this until they lose and until they're not placed in the college football playoff. Clemson does not deserve to be in the college football playoff. That is not a college football playoff team. Mm -hmm. They don't have the quarterback. They don't have the secondary. The only redeeming quality that they have is Will Shipley and their defensive line. That's it. And Trenton Simpson. Like They have got really good athletes, but that is not a program that I'm scared of if they had to match up with Georgia or Tennessee like they're getting they're getting blasted they're, mm. maybe they can hang with Alabama because Alabama's shown like a little bit of weakness although they looked fine against Mississippi State I just don't think that this team is competitive enough to compete for a national championship and they shouldn't even be in the conversation uh looking at the rest of their schedule play at Notre Dame next week easy win versus yes. Louisville versus yes. Miami two more it, 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 Miami for some reason it feels like they're going to make it way too close against Clemson, even though they are awful. Uh, but Clemson might fold versus them. And then versus newly ranked 25 South Carolina uh, as their last regular season game of the year. Not looking at it now, not a very uh, tough schedule. You have Syracuse. They're, they're going NC to State. win out. They're they beat win Syracuse, out. NC State, and Wake Forest. Wake Forest is the other good win that they have. That was they're a like- really good win, but at the same time, how much how much stock do you give in them beating Florida State and then this cakewalk barnyard ass finish to the year? I don't know. Would you rather have Clemson or Oregon? I defeated Clemson with with a barnyard ass uh, uh, back half of the schedule. Or Oregon, who keeps on who keeps on running it, uh, but took a, a barnyard loss to Georgia at the uh, first week. Oregon, and we talked That's what about comes the, down to for me. Yes, yeah, and we talked about this on the preview show that like Oregon has at least progressively shown improvement. I have yeah. only seen like more struggles from Clemson. So like I don't They've know improvement against better teams, not better than Georgia, but better teams throughout the year. UCLA yes. was no slouch, even though I said UCLA was going to cover. UCLA, UCLA was no slouch. I think that the debate is going to end up coming down to well, TCU is also going to be factored into this conversation too for that final spot if they win out. And I think that TCU, the rest of their schedule is relatively thin. And I'll look that up in a second when I finish my point. But I would much rather have you know a one-loss Tennessee team, one-loss Alabama team, even maybe even a two-loss Alabama team, depending on what happens, over Clemson. They're going to have the prototypical resume that qualifies them to play in the college football playoff, but they will not have the quality of team. And that's the debate that keeps happening with this shit is that it's like, you know, how, are, how do you look on the field? But then how does that argument work when you're undefeated? It's just very complicated yeah. because nobody has a right answer for this. TCU resume stellar. Okay. Take out the first two weeks in Colorado and Tarleton. Okay. Yeah. Take those two out. SMU, not an awful win. It's not, but okay. Here's the rest of the stretch here. Beat number 18, Oklahoma. Dumpster fire, but still number 18, Oklahoma. Yeah. Beat number 19, Kansas. Stop their winning streak. 
beat number eight Oklahoma State. Oh, this is just their rankings. Uh, is that when it happened? Must have been. Yeah, yeah, because yes. Kansas is not yeah. ranked anymore. And then beat number 17 Kansas State. Not a slouch. Four straight ranked wins. Two of those are barnyard teams. Uh, but the but those two last uh, uh, wins are, are good. Can I ask you, where, where did you get the word barnyard it's from? A, it's like, a house I term. like it. It's a house term that we've been using. Basically, That's a great word. Everyone's in different fantasy leagues with different rules and stuff. So if we're gonna, <laughs> no one cares. Everyone hates when others are talking about their the other league instead of everyone's league that we're all in. So oh, that barnyard ass league <laughs> because <laughs> it's like two flexes or some nonsense like that. Like you right. need all that. So that's just a house term. Uh, but TCU gone up at West Virginia, Texas Tech, Texas, Baylor, Iowa State, a gauntlet. But that's a difficult final schedule. It's they a probably difficult one final, of the schedule. final schedules out of like any of these top teams. What is this comment? Oregon would be Clemson at a neutral site would be a 10. Point okay. So let's, Eugene. let's actually have like a little bit of like, you know, attention and, and like, uh, go screw. I'm pulling up the schedules. Okay. Usually when we get a comment on these, Sean, I pull it up and then I'm going to read it and then we're going to talk about it. Uh, so first of all, Nike, which is probably one of the most hilarious Oregon fan handles on here. Uh, Oregon would beat Clemson at a neutral site and would be a 10-point favorite in Eugene. I don't disagree with that. I would actually maybe even give Oregon uh, Can we give them six and a half? Can we give no. them six and a half? Not no. I, I'm giving them 13 Not and a half. Ten. I'm giving them 13 and a half. 13 and a half? Where, how do I leave oh. the stream? You're being ridiculous. Oregon, Oregon has put up huge point totals in this stretch of success that they've had. And I, I want to talk – we're going to talk about like the game in a second for them. They have put up really huge offensive production, exploded, exploded. And UCLA had a really good defense and they did what they did. What does Clemson have that they're going to hang close with Oregon? They don't have what the only thing that they have again is their defensive line and they get the ball out really freaking quick uh, with, with Oregon. Like the, I don't, I have no faith that they're going to get after Bo Nix. They can't keep up. They can't keep up. Look, man. You're kind of you're kind of stretching it a little bit at 13 and a half. I'll give them I'll give them six and a half because that Oregon offensive line is well, pretty good. They're pretty solid. Usually, they got some maulers. Don't you usually give three points for if you're home? Isn't yes. that like the bit? So okay, if you give them three points, I'm saying that Clemson would lose by 10. So 13 points. I think that's fair. You could think that's fair. Okay. Uh it was a good question though. Uh, and I, I also I love the handle. I want to talk about Sean. I want to talk about Texas Oklahoma State because this this game was the end of it was really frustrating to watch. Oh, dude, you you went out of your way. Did you log into? Did you log into YouTube to comment that I'm on your phone? You're an idiot. <laughs> I kind of wish somebody was. Uh, I know we don't have active enough listeners for somebody to have pretended to be you. Uh, but that would actually be a good bit of some. I agree with that. that commenter. I agree. Uh, with shut, that. shut the hell up. The Texas Oklahoma State game was really frustrating to watch because, like, I it played out the way that we talked about how it was going to play out in the first half, where they were just starting to build up this momentum. They were putting up all these points, and then Mike Gundy and Oklahoma State made what was probably the best halftime adjustment uh, of the season out of anybody. And I I can't exactly pinpoint what they did. But they took Quinn Ewers out of the game completely. He looked like a walk-on. He looked completely lost, Easy. out of place. I know I'm being a little aggressive, but his he was off target. He looked confused. He he didn't look like the same guy that we saw in the first half. 
And sadly, Sean, we're now doing the bit again. Like uh, they're not back. Texas isn't back. Blah blah blah. I think, and I keep, I said this about USC that they're a year away, and I think Texas is still a year away too. It's it's tough to fully recoup and and become a contender this quickly. It takes time. It takes a culture change. It takes all that stuff. Still a good football team, but they're a year away if they can't finish games like this. They're five years away if they can't learn how to tackle. The the inevitable touchdown, uh, a game-winning touchdown uh, for Oklahoma State had one of the more disappointing tackling efforts that I've seen uh, out of Texas. And how are you going to be – you know what? At least Oklahoma State hustles on defense. I yeah. don't care if you're in the Big 12 and you can't play defense. At least mask it a little bit, right? At least try, to right. at least, or at least look like you're trying. Because when you don't look like you're trying, how am I going to be invested in your team? How am I going to get my AP top twenty-five vote out to you? No, it's yeah, I'm I, working on getting my AP twenty. You know, no one's giving you a goddamn vote. Is Dan is, is Dan and Pack and a hooky? Hell, not if I'm going over six. Weren't they also one of your picks? By the way, that they were also one of my one of my oh, picks. I texted something. I think I had Texas, dude. I it was a bloodletting. Uh, and I, I don't even. What do I care about Texas or Oklahoma State? I care well, nothing. But the, you got make it look better. Make it look better, Texas. Right, but this it, game has. What were we gonna say? Go ahead. I was gonna say on the Ewers point, this he got out schemed and Texas got out coached. But the arm, I f- fuck this term. I hate this term. Every time I hear someone talk about it, it's because they're not descriptive with how he throws his spiral, how his mechanics are, with his timing and his feet and his hips and his shoulder. But the lazy term as of arm talent, mm-hmm. Quinn Ewers has it. He does. He got out schemed. There were times where you realize, oh, he's throwing the ball way harder than anybody else that I've seen throw the ball this year. He mm-hmm. just does. His, his body, it, it all works in line to throw the football perfectly and sling it. So I'm not out on him because I see what it is. It's special arm talent, the way that he throws it and the zip that it has, even with those hideous camera angles during that game. The wide shot that made every pass to the outside look like it was going over the head of the wide receiver and out of bounds just to drop in perfectly. I can't stand it. I need you to get on a more universal uh, uh, camera platform. Yeah, the – I don't really remember that, but I'm sure that they had some overly artsy dipshit who was running the the, the, the direction looking, of that Joe, game. You look at that final pick that Ewers threw, uh, yeah. uh, and Oklahoma State picked him up. That ball looked like it was in the air for about 20 seconds, and you just said, "Oh, he missed throw. He, he that was an awful pass. He, there's no way the running back was getting there because it was a wheel route to the running back, and the safety comes down. He read it well, but you're like, "Oh, well, that's obviously a pick." And then you look at it again from a normal camera angle. It's a perfect pass thrown by Ewers, and the safety mm-hmm. made a great play. Like schematically, the safety said the ball's going here. I read the quarterback perfectly. I'm going to go intercept the pass. And that that was a lot of what we were seeing in the second half is where they were just really well prepared for yeah. everything that was working in the first half. And you, the thing is with those quarterbacks, like you described them as the Patrick Mahomes ask. And I, I think the better way to pinpoint that is there's a lot of guys that have that type of play style, the improviser play style where you're kind of you're moving around and you've got such a big arm and such a fluid throwing motion that it can just come out on any angle and it's going to shoot off your hand and then it's going to be completed. But the problem is with those improviser guys is that they're 
they're risky. They're high risk takers. So if you overcomplicate things for him and he's going to sit there and the gears are going to start turning and that's what happened on the pick and it's what happened in the second half. He didn't know what to do. Things weren't coming easy. And when he had to overthink, he doesn't have the experience to figure out what's happening in front of him. And that's where the overcalculation happened. I'm assuming that it, it should be more difficult to stop Quinn in the future, but it seems like Oklahoma State schemed up the proper way in the second half to maybe take him out. And I think if if anyone can match what Oklahoma State did, I want to actually maybe like see what coverage that they were running and exactly what they were trying to do. But if anyone can replicate that, it might be easier to stop Quinn than I think some people think. It could be. I I don't feel like going through coverages. It's um, <laughs> I just don't feel like going through coverages. I know. Um. Okay, wait. I want to talk about. Let's talk about TCU and um, in the in the Kansas State game because I think that this one is the this this game is probably the bigger headline because Oklahoma State. I think that they're still out of it. Uh, TCU managed to do it again, where they've done it three times now, where they've climbed back in and they've won games off of the huge plays from Quentin Johnson and Max Duggan. They were down by a pretty hefty total, multiple scores against Kansas State. And because they have that quick, explosive playability, it didn't take them very long, and then they pulled away. The hypno-toad rolls on. Uh, the frogs are continuing to roll. TCU, do you think that uh, – we were just talking about this, but do you think that they're going to finish finish out? I mean, with this stretch, they probably fall once in this stretch of West Virginia, Texas Tech, Texas, Baylor, Iowa State. Obviously not the Iowa State. Not really a chance versus West Virginia, but Texas Tech, Texas Tech, Texas, and Baylor. One of those three. If we're being realistic, if there's a time to fall, do we? It's TCU, and if TCU goes undefeated. Good for TCU, right? Mm-hmm. But is Max Duggan gonna gonna go five and zero oh at the rest of the, down the down the stretch? I, I think Max is Sonny still- likes that dude. I think Sonny's that dude, and I think that Max is that guy as well. He's not an NFL talent, and I think a lot of people are are realizing that, but he is exactly what you want in a college quarterback. He does everything right. He's a good athlete. He can run. He can move. And he's connecting with elite-level receivers that he's able to hit. Like Quentin Johnson's a touchdown away on every single time he catches the football. I think that that explosiveness is always going to keep them in football games because they can score – in drives that are less than two minutes, they can score in 15 seconds off these huge chunk plays. They're always going to be able to do that. They're always going to be, if they're down by two, three scores, get right back into a football game. So if if that happens against the remaining stretch of their schedule, like I don't see a reason why they can't run run the table. The other question that comes with that, Sean, is are they actually good enough as the rest of the field that's going to be competing for the college football playoff, are they it's getting tight. It's getting it's getting a little it's getting a little uh, nitty gritty down here because you're looking at you're looking at Ohio State, you're looking at Michigan, you're looking at who's coming out of the Big Twelve, you're looking at who's coming out of the Pac twelve, and we're going right now. What is that? Oregon, TCU has to compete with Georgia, Tennessee, Alabama, Penn, uh, uh, not Penn State, God no, Michigan State, Michigan, mm-hmm. and Ohio State. Right. It's only four. And if I'm looking at it, okay, Alabama gets the boot, and you're going, okay, uh, Georgia, Tennessee, Ohio State, Michigan. Is there anybody you would sub out for that out of there for TCU or Oregon? It's a very lazy approach to it, but who are you subbing out? Well, it, it's not a lazy, it's not a lazy approach, but like for that's, me it is. Just because, but Ohio State hasn't played anybody either. 
Right, but well, but they're also kicking the shit out of everyone. Yeah. The, Ohio State and Michigan, whoever wins that game at the end of the year in that in, in their their rivalry, that's going to determine who makes it from the Big Ten, and they're automatically going to get pushed in. As long as they don't lose in the Big Ten championship game, which doesn't seem foreseeable, they're going to go to the playoff. That's going to be who goes to the playoff. I would argue, and maybe it's not like the counter argument to me saying that TCU looks good on the field, not just on paper, is that they keep giving up these huge leads. That's questionable. And like at, at a certain point, does that stop working? Are they at a certain point incapable of coming back into games? I, I, I You should be a fourth quarter team in that in the postseason down the stretch, not in the middle of the season. That's a good point. That's, that's a really good point. You, that's when you just should be doing it. Right. You don't want to lose all your luck when you're going to need it the most. You the burn it up. You lose it. You're done for. But I don't think that Mi- Ohio State has looked significantly more explosive. But like, I don't think Michigan has looked better on, on the field in their performances significantly better than TCU. I don't think it's that uh, uncomparable. They both got some pretty good playmakers. That's what people want to see. And that's what the committee wants to see also. Right. And that also that includes in the Oregon stuff that we were talking about. But it, you watched more of the Oregon UCLA game than I did. Easy. I I almost wasn't. I almost wasn't even really like. I kind of like checked the score and I clicked into it for a second. But like, don't you put words in my mouth expecting me to ask <laughs> an, uh, analysis here? Don't you dare! I'm not. I'm not doing that. But my point is, is that Oregon continues to look this good and. Is it maybe the factor that we overhyped UCLA? Is that what it is? is no, that like we overvalued UCLA, or is just Oregon that freaking good? Dude, uh, Zach Charbonnet had 151 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson threw for he had what is this? Uh, uh, 12 incompletions and then 262 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. He got outdueled by Bonix, which I guess will happen occasionally. Bonex I mean, was twenty two. Score looked a lot more than an out dueling, though. Uh, Bonex went twenty two for twenty eight, two eighty three, and five touchdowns. So obviously, the Oregon receivers were getting pretty open. Troy Franklin eight catches, one thirty two, and two touchdowns. They were finding their separation, and Bonex was, from what I saw, putting the ball on the receivers when they were relatively wide, goddamn open. Well, that's not good. Not great. Not good, not, not good. Not good coaching by Oregon's part that they're leaving guys wide open. But you mean the UCLA. other thing, UCLA's part. Sorry. Yes. 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 The other thing too that I've talked about a lot, Sean, is what sets up Bo to have really good games is when they have success running the ball. And I think when there's like an overcommitment to try and stop Oregon's rushing attack is what is leading these guys to be so wide open because. You asked Bo no over There was no overcommitment because they ran for 260 yards. Right. And it, but that's my point is that like no matter what they were doing, they yeah. were giving up all these huge rushing gains and they were getting their ass beat at the line of scrimmage and on the ground. The thing with Bo and what makes him successful, and it feels like we haven't like it's weird seeing him on this stretch because he's never put this many good games together in a row. It's when he doesn't have to like think. It's when everything is in front of him. Guys are wide open. He it's his first or second read, and it's just right up the you know down the middle. He's hitting dingers because he's getting meatballs thrown his way. Basically, when you have to tell him to you know expand the pocket, stretch play a little bit, make some decisions, think. That's what leads to the interceptions. That leads to all the crap that he's done, and that shit happened against 
Georgia. That's why they got their asses kicked so badly against Georgia is that nothing was coming easy to him. And he's one of those guys that always tries to do way too much. And it took him out of the game. I still think that Bo has that in him. And if somebody comes to a game and is prepared and stops their run game, Oregon's stoppable. They're stoppable. That's the only thing that I think needs to be acknowledged about Oregon. Well, they got stopped in week one, and officially, I'll make it clear, I'm done holding week one against them. Oh. I think I'm done. Oh. I What's think the I'm change done. of heart? I, they beat UCLA, and I was kind of high on UCLA. When I saw UCLA beat down Washington, I, I committed myself to thinking, oh, UCLA is a pretty good team. They're making the Pac-12 a little spicier this year. It's not just gonna be, uh, mm-hmm. it's not just gonna be USC and Oregon, uh, because obviously I wasn't expecting expecting any presence from the Arizonas. Uh, <laughs> but UCLA said, "Okay, we'll we'll play some ball this year." Ah, you beat UCLA like this, I can uh, I can get on board. I I I think I am over the week one loss. But again, we'll see how I feel again. How I feel after championship week, and then we're looking at the seating. And the CFP has to make a decision. We'll see. Yeah, and again, I don't. I I have a bad feeling, and I know that for some reason, some people do think that I'm I'm like an Oregon hater on this channel. Um, I think if somebody with a really good defensive line or really good run game comes out, this is a very random. How about them Buckeyes comment? Um, if anyone comes out with a really good defense, good really good run defense, that offense is not putting up 45 points. They're back to what they looked like in Week One, and I think. Alabama or Georgia, if they play, have to play them again, is going to embarrass Dude, them. if we have track meet Alabama back, then I think they could definitely challenge the Buckeyes. How about them just playing just a little uh, crowd interaction there? Uh, Oregon, that that if they're if they're going with the, with the track meet style, go with the track meet style. That's mm-hmm. what you've always been good at, and now you have a quarterback that seems to be comfortable with it. He's mo- you got a mobile quarterback again that everyone's kind of on board with. Well, they, know, they had a mobile quarterback last year. Who was it? Help me out Who here. or Oregon number, did number thirteen? Oh my god! Oh my god! This is gonna be. Uh, he came from Boston College. I don't want to wait. I don't want to waste our time. Yeah, uh, it's like something brown. It's something brown. I forget. I don't want to waste our time uh, being being stupid. But what were you saying? I, that was it. Okay, that was it. Uh, let's talk about the last last game here, Sean. The LSU Ole Miss game that exposed Ole Miss. Anthony Brown. Anthony Brown. I knew it was it Brown was it had his last to be. Name. A- Stupid. I, I love the the the. Con- Honestly, Jim Knowles, Broyles Award winner. Yeah, hundred percent. They their defense and their transition from last year is night and day. Absolutely night and day. Buckeyes Who? defense looks fantastic. Oh, uh, Jim Knowles is the uh, Buckeyes I'll start, coordinator. I'll start respecting the Buckeyes when Ryan Day starts stops dying his beard. <laughs> you think he's dying his beard? You think that? That's oh my not, god! You think he's it. got gray? Dude, <laughs> look at his beard. I need it's probably hair it. and beard. When he stops dyeing it, then I'm start. I'm gonna start respecting the Buckeyes. I can't have a vein. Oh, coat. oh, it's oh yeah, it's way too dark. There's how no do you way. have? It's, how do you have a coach dark. that's vain? You're playing football. Yeah, you can't be doing that, man. You got to embrace the. You got to embrace the dark. You got to <laughs> yeah, embrace the, the gray, pepper. brother. He's, he's salt and pepper in there. It's a good look. It's a great football look. That's like the most anti like, like how can you like go into the locker room and preach grit and you're dying your beard? How can you do that? How can <laughs> so, I don't know, man? It's oh, thrown me off. It's thrown me off the whole time since he's been head coach. I'm sitting here like, hey man, 
what are you what are you doing stop that <laughs> uh but big big fans of jim Knowles. i'm i'm totally gonna clip that uh jim, jim Knowles has been fantastic talking about this this lsu Ole miss game uh continues Where to be we? frustrating we I, we started talking about it and then i oh. uh, my my add kicked in and i saw a comment sure. and i had to put it up on the screen <laughs> it continues to be increasingly frustrating being uh, a Notre that Dame was fan. Land. I had no clue you were even talking about the LSU. I, I did. I started talking about it. As a Notre Dame fan, seeing continued success for LSU is frustrating. But at the same time, it's kind of like... Actually, no, I'm not rooting for Brian Kelly. It's, it's like watching your ex-girlfriend who left for a, a better looking guy and things are going really well and they're happy. Like that's like, that's like exactly what it is. And I know you're smirking. <laughs> I'm not smirking, uh, but that's I actually exactly... saw my ex-girlfriend last night. Did part. you? Act? Yes. Let's talk about that after. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but that's exactly what this is like. That's exactly what this is like is that they're having success and they shouldn't be. And Brian Kelly has always failed to step up in big games and he did. And he's starting to do it and string it together on a more consistent basis. Sure. Ole Miss might have been exposed, and I think eventually that they were going to be. But I think the bigger story here is how far away is LSU from actually being in a national championship com- conversation like they were with Ed Orgeron. I got to stop. I, I don't think uh, Ole Miss got insp- uh, exposed. I don't think they wanted it. I think LSU wanted it. So you L- think Ole Miss is better than that? So you think they played do. soft, but they're still good? Yeah, they played uninspired. They said, oh, it's LSU. Look at that week one that they had versus Florida State. They're still that same team. They're not. They've gotten better progressively every week. Ole Miss and the players just, hey, we're, we're, we're LSU. We're sweet, man. We're ranked number seven right now. We're, 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 we're Ole Miss. They came out there so flat. Oh, yeah. Destroyed my wallet, but it is what it is. I'm not holding that against them. But when I watch the game, especially through that lens of you're messing with my money, I'm going to pick up on stuff that I wouldn't have been able to pick up on before. You messed with my money, Ole Miss, and that's how I know you were dogging it out there. They were dogging it. They were not. LSU, we talked about it. How are they favorites going into this? How are they two-point favorites going into this game? They're at home. I get. I guess Vegas knew that Ole Miss was out drinking the night before, or, or, or that LSU was in bed. Something happened where they knew that this was going to be an LSU victory. I, Ole Miss, I still think is better. I still, still like Lane Kiffin for some reason, but they just but it, were not. Is it, is they were like not getting, ready. They were not it, ready. Is it because you're just like drawn to his charm? Is that what this is? Is that like look you can't, when I see Lane? It's Kiffin, like oh, Lane can't do anything wrong. He's just he's so goofy and no, and nice. he can do plenty wrong. But Lane doesn't take himself seriously. And Lane also, I am. He's just a ball coach. That's what he is. He's a shit talker. He's a fun dude. When I see Lane Kiffin, you know the clip I'm talking about. Also, when I see that he drew up an awesome play. It's going to play action pass. It's going to go for 75 yards. And then he sees it hits before the wide receiver even catches the ball. He throws his clipboard in the air, 20 yards in the air. I get juiced up for that. Whatever that is, whatever that, that that's grab my nuts, look at you on the other sideline type, uh, type coaching. I like that. I like that from Lane Kiffin. I like Lane Kiffin. And I think I, at the same time, look, I totally, I, I, I agree with the comments. Um, 
by the way, we got a new subscriber, which is fantastic. We're gonna get to, I want to get to this comment in a second, but I he's fun to he's fun to like. He's easy to like. All the reasons that you just talked about, but he clearly didn't prepare. Also, the, it, the, the, the boring the pundits hate him. And but, I, I yes, hate the yes. boring pundits. But it's the same shit with Marcus Freeman where like, oh, he's so charming. Like he's just like, he's so easy to talk to. Like all the players love him. Like he's so easy to like, uh, to buy easy into. Now. Marcus Freeman never had a, a deserved but, number, uh, top top 10 ranking. It, I don't think Ole Miss was deserving of it. They hadn't beaten anybody. Like Kentucky, oh, we have. Come we have, on. We have actualized. You're being unfair. You're being unfair we have about actualized Kentucky. that Kentucky is not that great, and they were overly ranked really highly. And Ole Miss has been riding off that success. The remainder of their resume was pretty weak. They were playing close games against really What's dog shit teams. I don't have. I don't have a problem with it. My point, have a problem with Ole Miss. I thought you had more of a problem with LSU. My point that I was trying to make is that well, I have a problem with it because they couldn't freaking beat LSU and they should have. But my point what, is – Did you lose money too? It's I didn't bet on them. It's oh, the, you, you're the, a coward. The, the point is oh, I, I won't bet. <laughs> I, I, Dude, I told you I went, I went 0-7 one week and I lost like I'll, way too much money and I was just like we're, we're taking a break <laughs> for a little bit. Let me finish. Let me finish. Lane Kiffin, and I think there are parallels to be drawn between Lane Kiffin and Marcus Freeman where – we are easily distracted by the charmingness, the you know, the agreeableness, like, oh, you know, very easy to talk to, seems like a really nice, pleasant guy. Like that's where it all comes from. But like I think Marcus no- Freeman does. Lane Kiffin seems like an asshole. He seems like an asshole, but like which is why outsider, like but out outsiders that view college football are just drawn to him because he's just like he's funny, he's goofy, like he's like ha, he doesn't take himself seriously. Like it, it, my point is that you're distracted by his personality, both of these guys, without wanting to admit that they might not actually be as good as as everyone says that they are. Because I always point to if your team shows up flat, that is on your head coach. If you don't show up to play in, a, in an important game. That's True. on your head coach. And True. I've been saying that about Marcus Freeman. They showed that's up fair. flat against UNLV. They showed up flat against Stanford. They showed up flat against Marshall. That's fair. Why are you yelling at me? I'm not yelling at you. I'm just trying to finish my point. My my point is that I it's so easy to get distracted by that stuff. And I think if Lane Kiffin was 350 pounds and like a sloppy mess, like like we wouldn't, I don't think we would be as uh, as attracted to him. Is it actually wouldn't. that's the wrong that's the wrong word. It's, Attracted's not the right word. We would not be the right word. We would not be as willing to uh, absolve him of his mistakes and his and his issues. You think I? You think I'm a, a physically attracted to Lane Kiffin in his current 45 year old man body? With that, that's with not that weak the point. Chin, is that's, that what you? That's look, not a point. That's I'm saying that point. he has qualities as a coach that I <laughs> that I respect. Yes, he has qualities that I think he's very good scheming plays for college. For college, he's very good yeah. at that. Yeah. So with that, I say, okay, well, you're not just doing the same old boring uh, stuff that every other school is doing. I can get on board. I don't have a dozen old Miss jerseys hanging in my closet, Joe. I just, I, I'm, a, I'm a link of an apologist. I'll own up to it. Okay, that's okay. that's fair. Yeah. And I actually, I do very much agree with your point that he is schematically. One of the be- one of the brightest minds in college football. There was some shit that I when the game was close, I was about to crown Lane Kiffin, you know, the king of the goddamn SEC. By the, by the way, that he was calling these plays and sure. some of the really creative things that he was doing to scheme yards is very unique. When you have two really good running backs, they could be so good, but the problem is, is I think that his personality does not 
properly prepare his team, maybe he needs to get a new strength coach, someone that's just going to get the guys riled up and ready to go because he's clearly not the guy who can do it. They weren't ready, and they've never been ready in these big games. They weren't ready this week, okay? Okay. Let's um, wait till next week, and then I'll maybe I'll go. I'll, I'll buy into your theory. We we have a couple comments I want to get to, and anyone sure. else who's tuning in, uh, I love how our peak viewership is at the end. A uh, couple oh, couple comments man. I want to get to. Um, this one first. I just want to let you guys know we're gonna crush Penn State six two seventeen next week. Sean, do you think that odds that this happens? Do you think that they're gonna blow them out, or do you think this game might might be a little? Who's they? Ohio State. Yes. Maybe not obviously not six two seventeen, but do you think it's a blowout or do you think Penn State? I'll blow out, blow out, blow out, blow out. Okay. Because Ohio State's got too much depth uh, at the receiving core. They just do. So Joey Porter Jr. can only close off so much of the field. He just and I guess with what you've been telling me, Joe, mm-hmm. about this Ohio State defense, if they can bottle up those two uh, fantastic running backs that Penn State has, then Ohio State. I'll go with Ohio State. I don't like CJ Stroud as an NFL prospect, but he's fantastic in college, just like all Ohio State quarterbacks are. Yeah, I I, I totally agree. I don't obviously not six two to seventeen, but this is probably going to be a very big ass whooping on Ohio State's part. But you know, it could Penn's- be. You know what? No, it could be. It really could be, Joe. Because Ohio, you know, Penn State was embarrassing versus Michigan. They were yes. embarrassing. Yes, they could easily get embarrassed again. You know what Penn State is though, and I kind of came to this this. Oh. This realization this weekend, the way that they played it, it's not really like a like a full like baked like quality theory. It's just that they they kicked Minnesota's ass, and I know that game was at home, and, and this is a team that plays really well at home. No matter how bad they are, they play really well at home. But they're like they're the best mid tier Big Ten team. Like they're the good enough to to beat up on all of the other average Big Ten good teams. Good enough to beat Auburn. They're good enough to, to kind it was, of yeah. yeah Wisconsin. They're good enough to 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 beat Maryland. like the best. Right. They're good enough to like embarrass those teams. But there's just such a massive gap between them and Ohio State and Michigan. Like it's just it, not even close. The uh, the fellows were talking about it. They were like, yeah, it's just they're they're, they're always in third. Penn State's always in third between behind Michigan and Ohio State. Yeah. Sometimes they'll creep up in the second, but they're never in first. And they're it, they're there's too much of a gap. Right. And maybe it's like a Marcus or not a Marcus James Franklin thing. I was reading that there's a Marcus yeah. Freeman comment. I got distracted. Maybe it's a James Franklin thing. Uh Henry Summers saying also the reason Bo uh, had the time he did at Auburn was mostly because he was behind a garbage offensive line, mediocre receivers. Henry, I totally agree with this, but there's actually an added layer to this. The offense that he was running was probably one of the worst called offenses that I've ever seen. They ran like the same three plays over and over again, and it just resulted in him, in him running in circles and throwing interceptions and, and fumbling. He like, did it, love doing that. He yeah. was a big fan of doing that. He was a very big fan of that. Um same, uh, we, we already talked about this, but uh, Clemson's not a top five team, right? We, we agreed on that earlier. If I was going to put together a top 10, I would probably stick them at six or seven. Yes, I, I think that they are, if they finish undefeated, it is deserving to put them at six and play in the Fiesta Bowl or whatever the AC, the Peach Bowl, whatever the ACC affiliate is. I can't yeah. keep up with the, the stupid affiliations. Uh, Dude. Don't put them in the playoff. 
I'm so dumb. I used to think that the bowls were named after things that went into bowls. So like the orange bowl and then like the cotton bowl. And how when did you make this realization that like 15 years old? Probably, okay, it's not that's not that bad. Probably 15, 16. You know, I, was, I was sitting there like, oh, th- this is a cool tradition. Oranges go in bowls. Sugar goes in bowls. This is this is cool. This is college football. It's a little wacky. And then, yeah. You also were taking low-level geography or is it math? Hey, why don't you go screw? Why don't you go screw <laughs> while I, my geography or math? You shouldn't have told me that. <laughs> 15-year-old me would, would absolutely kick 15-year-old you's ass. Oh, probably. Probably. Ah. Uh, Hundred percent. I would love to fight fifteen-year-old Joe. I think fifteen-year-old me beats twenty-four-year-old Joe's ass. No, stop! Oh my stop. god! What are you stop. talking about? No, come on! Fifteen no, years you're... old. I was. I was like six-one. I think one eighty. Yeah, but you were fifteen. Yeah, I don't care how big you are. You're fifteen. Hey, I'm telling you, I'm taking fifteen-year-old me in a fight versus twenty-four-year-old okay. you. What are you gonna do? I don't know, but I'm not going to get my ass kicked by a 15-year-old. Oh, you by a 15-year-old would. would by me. That's not true. That's just not true. <laughs> All right, we got a comment about Marcus Freeman. Sure. Um, I think I should clip that too. Marcus Freeman will be fine, just fine. Uh, Link uh, Link Kiffin will be fine. He won't steal talent from California anymore, but he'll be fine. I think that they're going to be. I think Mar- uh, Lane Kiffin is going to be fine. I still don't think that Marcus Freeman is going to just fix his issues. Um, Lane will be fine because he's smart enough to. He's he's a brilliant coach, but they're just not going to be as good as I think everyone hoped that they would be this year. Well, hope is a different word that I would use. <laughs> I, hope would that, I, use? Ho- I hoped that this was how their season would go. You you hope that like a one loss team is, is or a one loss I, would. I be, hoped would... that Notre Dame would would fall. Oh, you're talking you're talking about Notre Dame. Yeah, 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 yeah. They, yeah. They, and again, they stink. Um. All right, Henry's saying, so you don't think that a new coaching staff scheme QB and playing Georgia pretty much at home wasn't the main factor? Too many. So, Henry, we actually talked about this on the preview show, and I actually said this. Like, I totally agreed with this. Um, that yeah, it's way different. That that's a t- that that's an abominable task to have your your team face in week. Yeah, with that, with all this, that that is in a drum. I mean, you you uh, Oregon took a drubbing. I mean, they got yeah. they got spanked uh, bad, but. You look back at it now. You're like, "Hey, who booked this shit? Why are we doing this in week one?" Well, this that, isn't our this isn't our thing. You get someone else to do this. That game was set up with the anticipation that it was going to be Mario Cristobal leading the team and not like a complete revamped roster and coaching staff. No, Mario I, Henry, Cristobal would have gotten that work too. That, that oh, I tell you, no one was stopped. Mar- Mario Cristobal sucks. <laughs> no one's no one. Hey, easy, easy, dude. Dude, I heard from somebody. I have no yeah, faith in Mario source. Cristobal. No, I no, I have like a really good source. Somebody told me Mario Cristobal's schedule uh, is apparently his schedule is apparently he wakes up at four a.m. every day and he doesn't leave the office until midnight and he comes home or like eleven o'clock and he comes home and he barely sleeps and then he goes into the office and then he has he allots like an hour a week or a couple hours a week to his family on Sundays and that's it. Like he's just in the office. He's putting all this time in and like to me it's like. Why are you going this hard and you're putting all this time in and that's the product he that he doesn't want to see his family? That's why. That's Deion what Sanders it is. said it best. Deion Sanders said it best. <laughs> if we weren't both producers, we had a producer, 
I would ask that producer to get that clip. He does clip. He doesn't want to see this is his family. He wants to be in the office. He wants to be hanging around the guys, getting burritos up at the top of campus, going back down, watching some more film. Hey, we all love football. He doesn't want to be with his family. Nobody does at the end of the day. I don't think there's so a lot of people that, that do want to be with their family, but in football, it's like, oh, look, look how good of a coach I am, how many hours I dedicate. No, go see your family. It is so. Is the theory that Mar uh, Mario Cristobal isn't actually preparing for games? He's just waking up really early and then going and just goofing around in his office. The way that they look, that's very plausible. How, how how much do you? I don't want to talk to anybody in the morning ever. <laughs> so I'm looking around like, what? You want me to make you coffee? What? Okay. And that's just another that's another hassle in the morning. All right, for me, get get me up out of here. Let let the let the wife sleep a little bit longer. She can make her own coffee, kids, all that mm -hmm. stuff. I'm Mario Cristobal. I, I I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna really care about Miami football and get them on the right track. Yeah, uh, my internet's geeking a little bit. I can tell. What? Yeah, my internet's geeking a little bit. Let's let's uh, you read the next question here. This is uh, can we talk about Dan Landing is doing a hell of a job at Oregon? I mean, we kind of just read talked it? about that. Yeah, read it. Go ahead. Actually, you I already you read. Just read talk it. about. Talk about it while my, my internet fixes itself. Sorry. I'm discombobulated. How Dan Lanning is doing a hell of a job at Oregon. Uh, that defense is going to be scary next year. I guess. Joe knows way more of the players than I do. He knows who Dan Lanning is. I kind of do. I know he was somewhere last year. Can I, hold on. Let me take a guess. Do you actually not know where he came from? Hold on. Come on. All right. Venables was DC at Clemson. Yes. He got a new job. Lanning, was he with – he didn't step up. Was he already in the Oregon program? No. Okay, let me get he another guess. He came from the then. SEC. He came from the SEC. Let me get another guess. Don't make that face. I can't let believe me get you another guess. this. This was like a really big hire. Someone in the comments dropped I'm it. I'm sure it was a really big hire. I'm sure. This was a really big hire. This was a oh, huge hire. Appreciate you, Black Star 15. No, Georgia. You're a, by God. Oh, I'm sorry. I was so distracted by Jordan wait, wait, Davis both, and the Kobe. Our, 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 yeah, actually, that's true. I'm I, sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't really care as much who Dan Lanning was when I'm watching Stetson Bennett torch folks. No, I totally agree, though, that they have they have <laughs> looked they have looked fantastic. Coach. They've looked fantastic, and I think that you're coupling that with really good offense. I, I think that they're going to be dangerous, and they should be the favorite to win the Pac-12 after the whooping that they put on UCLA. All right, I want to get to this just last one, and then we're going to wrap it. I ended up going way longer than I thought we were going to go. Yeah. Because um, everyone decided to watch at the end of it uh, and drop all their comments at the end of it. Um, okay. Thank you to everyone who did participate. Notre Dame wasn't a top-five team from the jump. USC was a top-10 team to begin the year, and is playing like it. That's I right. That's no, right. No, no. USC is not. Is stop not it. Good. We you need to stop it. You're we a homer. You're a stop. homer. I'm not USC stopping. is not so stopping. overrated. USC They're is not. so overrated. They, they have a bad offensive line. Oh my God. How many, have, first of all, how many coaches are you taking over Lincoln Riley? How many quarterbacks are you taking over Caleb, Caleb Williams? What do you? They'll be good next year, but the, they're good offense, this year. Their offensive line, their linebackers, and their secondary stink. They're not good. They're, they have so many holes on that roster. They're getting buoyed by the fact that Caleb Williams and, and the rest of them are, are, are so talented. They've got the best players at their positions at key positions, and that's Is that it. their fault? Is that their, Every, we're going to fault them? 
No, I but okay. yes, actually, wait, wait, yes, we are faulting them. They're not as good as everyone thinks they are. Everyone's just no, like, oh, Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams, but they're that's, not yes, that that's, good. That's, that's me. You stink. Terrible analysis. I can't <laughs> wait for the 26th. USC is going to beat Notre Dame by 80. I was debating going to that game, and I... I, I God, you guys played nobody. Yeah. Um, Ohio State, you had his chance there. BYU right. stinks. Lost to Liberty. Did you see that? Stanford. Uh, yeah. You guys lost to Stanford? Yes, we lost to Stanford. What? I'm going to wrap us oh. up. Oh. What? You watched that. Uh, you uh, you you knew that happened. I didn't at know Joe that. Dillon. I didn't know that. I promise you. That's when we were in Campbell. I didn't know that. At Joe Dillon. No, it wasn't. It was oh, the BYU okay, game. Okay. It was last oh. weekend. At Joe DeLeon. At Sanderson Radio. Uh, thank you for everyone who tuned in. Great, great audience that came in at the end of the oh, show. You wanna, do you want to say maybe turn on notifications for the yes, time please the- turn anyone who is tuned in, please turn on notifications. Uh, do I need to handle li- the housekeeping? Apparently, we go okay. live around seven forty in between the two games. Uh, the you know the late afternoon and the Sunday night football game. Uh, so we'll be back with more. Thanks for everyone who who tuned in. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.